Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. So many great things to be a part of. I hope that you'll take advantage of each of those. Well, before I dive into the message this morning, there's one more announcement that I want to make, and it's this, that Sarah Turner will be retiring on December 17th. She's sitting right here, but here's a picture of her. She's the one. Yeah, you can express your appreciation to her. We love her. Uh, we'll honor her more on December 17th, but I'll just give you the headlines of that. She has served faithfully and consistently for the last 10 years. She is a tremendous blessing to me personally and to our church. I'm so grateful for you, Sarah. And so here's what we're going to do. Next Sunday and the following Sunday, we're going to have a box set up like we've done for Pastor Appreciation. And if you want to bring a card with something in it and a really nice note and drop that in there, then we'll give all of those to her on the 17th. And we're going to have a Cupcakes to celebrate her on that day. And so, Sarah, we love you. And so uh, that announcement is, uh, is there. And so uh, you were just, let's see a picture of her one more time. Like for those of you with families uh, who check in your kids, that's her, that's Sarah. And so hug her neck today. She's not going anywhere. She's just like, look, I already had one career and now here's another uh, 10 years of this. And so she'll still actively be part of our church and serving our church, just not uh, in the capacity that she's been in. I want to say one more thing and then I'm going to dive into it. Uh, $80,000, over $80,000 in the last two weeks for Kingdom Builders. That has put our church over $401,000 for the year. In the last three years, we've given away $1.1 million dollars through kingdom builders because of your generosity. Like, I don't know about you, but to me, that is a ton of money. And to realize that it's being mobilized for kingdom causes, let's keep it up. Let's keep chasing after Jesus and, and blessing his work around the world. Well, how many are, can believe that the month of December and that Christmas is already upon us? Like, for I mean, some of you are like, how did that happen? Others of you are like, yeah, it's, it's, of course it is. You know, it's been 12 months since it happened last. Like, what world are you living in? There are moments in life that happen to us that we just get caught up in the moment and we look back and we realize that we've missed it. Right, and for me, I think about an example that I'm guilty of. I, I've been able to go to some concerts and some conferences in this past year where some amazing worship leaders have been leading worship. I mean, they're almost as good as Pastor Levinsky and our worship team, right? And so as I'm at those concerts, I find myself pulling out my phone for just burst of a time, you know, a burst of time, and I'll begin videotaping what's happening. And the reason why I'm videotaping what's happening is because I want to be able to share it with people later. And, and, and so it's, it's easy for me in, the, in those concerts or those conferences to be distracted by what's happening around and miss what's the, the reason why I'm there. And so for me, because I'm a church leader and I love what we do on a Sunday morning in our services, when I go into another environment, I like to see what they're doing. 
I like to see how they transition out of different moments. I like to look at the light and listen to the sound and hear what's going on. And again, if I'm not careful, I'll get sucked into that and I'll miss the joy of the moment. There are so many great things about the season of Christmas. And there are different things that maybe some of you like to focus on or look at, and if we're not careful, we'll get sucked into those moments and we'll miss the joy of the season. There are so many great things about Christmas. Maybe some of you, the most excited that you get is for what happened this morning as we sang a Christmas carol at the beginning of the service and you're like, oh, this is what it's about. Maybe for others of you, you're looking forward to the Christmas Eve service when your family's in town and you all come together and we'll have the candlelight and all of that on a Sunday morning. You're like, oh, that's what what I look forward to. Maybe for others of you, it's decorating the exterior of your house. Your Christmas lights are on and they've been on for some time. Maybe for others of you, uh, you're, you're already enjoying the elf on the shelf. Some of you are like, no, I've already had a heart attack twice already as I forgot. To, I mean, the elf didn't move, you know. Maybe for others of you, you're, it's about making Christmas cookies and goodies. Maybe for some of you, Erica, uh, you put the Christmas decorations up in the house right after Halloween was over. A couple of weeks ago, she went out of town and she asked me, she said, are you going to turn the Christmas lights on while I'm gone? I said, no, no. In fact, yesterday morning, I came out to the living room while it was still dark outside and there are so many lights on our Christmas tree that it looked like daylight in our living room. Some of you love giving gifts and so you've already purchased all of the gifts already for your loved ones in your life. Erica is so sweet to me. She purchases all of the gifts for people in our family and she even purchases her gift from me for her. I love it. She's amazing. She's amazing. She wrote a devotional this year called Fulfilled. And if you're looking for something to stir your heart towards Christ this season, you can get a copy of that on Amazon. This week, the devotional is all about presence over presence. So it's a play on word. Presence, being with somebody over gifts. And it lines up perfectly for this passage and for this message that we're gonna look at today. The reality is the busyness of this season can suck us all in, and if we're not careful, again, we can miss the reason for the season to begin with. We can get so distracted while we're Christmasing that we're not present. Think of the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus was with them and Martha got all caught up in the kitchen and Mary's able to spend time with Jesus and Martha's getting upset that Mary's spending time with Jesus. Jesus is in their presence and Martha gets so caught up in the busyness of it that she missed out on being with Jesus. Christmas really begins with presence. Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is about the moment when God became man and came to dwell among us. The eternal son of God entered into a time and and, and became flesh in order to reveal God and adopt people into God's family. The moment when Christ entered into the world is called incarnation. 
And incarnation literally means taking on flesh. We use this word incarnate in one of the songs that we sang this morning. And some of you are like, what does that even mean? And what is incarnation? Again, incarnation literally means taking on flesh. It's the time when God went to infinite lengths to get close to us. And so now in this Christmas season and in all of life, we can draw near to him. This season, let's not let the distractions and the busyness of it keep us from drawing near to him. And all of this season, when we feel like we're getting sucked into everything that's there, let's take a step back and, and draw near to God. This morning, we're starting a new series called Story of a Savior. When you read a, a biography or a story of someone, you normally expect for the book to begin or the story to begin uh, talking about the main character's life. Where was the main character born? What, where did they live? What was the, the moment in time like when they entered into the world? But where in the world would a person start with someone like Jesus? Jesus existed before the earth was ever created. In each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, take a different approach in introducing Jesus. Mark begins with Jesus fulfilling Old Testament prophetic texts with messianic expectation. Matthew begins with a genealogy linking Jesus to the Abrahamic and Davidic covenant promises. Luke certifies the historical witnesses uh, that the narrative uh, he writes about Jesus. And John introduces Jesus to us by writing who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. John writes that Jesus is the co-creator of the universe, that he is the life giver and the light giver. John's the only gospel that addresses and begins with Jesus's pre-existence. And if we don't understand Jesus's identity and his purpose, then we'll misunderstand his earthly life. And so I want you to turn it in your Bibles this morning to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 18 together. It's also going to appear on the screen. Here's what John chapter 1 says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word. 
for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your spirit's power. Would you make your word come alive to us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. John starts the story of a savior by writing in the beginning. He's explaining that the word was with God and the word was God and all things were made through him. And when John is writing and referencing and referring to this word, word, he's referring to Jesus. He's saying that Jesus has always been. His life did not begin when he was born in a manger. He has been since the beginning. And in the beginning echoes the words that we see in the book of Genesis. This connects Jesus' story to God and the Old Testament. In the book of Genesis, the phrase in the beginning introduces the story of creation. In the beginning, God spoke the earth into existence and everything was created by his hands. He made it good and perfect. Adam and Eve messed up in the garden and sin entered into the world that had been good and perfect and now it was cursed because of the sin of Adam and Eve. John uses this phrase in the beginning, but this time he's not referring or talking about the creation of the world. Instead, he's introducing the story of the new creation. Jesus, the second Adam, fulfilled what the first Adam couldn't. He lived a perfect and a sinless life. He died a gruesome, undeserved death on the cross so that we could die to our sin and be given new life. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, say it with me, new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. In the beginning, John chapter 1 speaks of the new creation. That Jesus doesn't leave us where he finds us. There's something unique and special about God's presence with us. This narrative differs from the stories of other religions in the fact that Jesus is not a prophet just telling you how to find God Rather, he's a God coming to find you. To say that Jesus inconvenienced himself to become flesh would be an understatement. When Jesus came to the earth, we get to see God in a different light. Throughout the New Testament, we can see how Jesus lived. We can see the way that he served. We can see the way that he taught and what he taught. And we get to behold what God is truly like. In John chapter one, verse number four, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. Jesus shines in the darkness. What's cool about Jesus shining in the darkness is that the darkness doesn't dim his light. Evil doesn't doesn't dim Jesus' light. It doesn't even make it flicker. The darker it gets, the brighter that he shines. His light drives out the darkness, and the darkness never has and never will be able to snuff out the light of Christ. John chapter 1 verse 5 reads, the darkness has not overcome it. In verses 7 and 8, it talks about John and how he came to bear witness of the light. And there were some who, throughout his ministry, wanted to give John more credit than what he was due. And John says, I'm not the light. I just came to bear witness of the light. How cool, though, if we're going to be mistaken 
for something that we would be mistaken for being the light rather than being of darkness. He writes in verse number 15 that it says, John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. In verse 11, he continues, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. John describes Jesus in verse number 14 as full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. And it's with this understanding that we see the truth and grace of verses 11 and 12. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. They remained as children of wrath. Their eternities were not in heaven in his presence. And in verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And in verse 13, he makes this clear. It's because he says, it's not because you were born into a certain family that gives you the right to be called a child of God. It isn't because you willed it. You didn't become a child of God in your own merit. He says, it's not the will of man, but of God. God made it happen through his son, Jesus. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And also in verse number 18, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the father's side, he has made him known. How many of you in the room this morning have ever looked directly up at the sun? Would you just slip up your hands? Let me see. Uh, Yeah, you know, almost all of you. Now, how many of you, uh, you put your hands back up, looked directly at the sun right after being told not to look directly at the sun? Yeah, you know, because you all just have to have that first experience, right? It's like, don't touch the stove, it'll burn you. And some of you are just like, I gotta see for myself, you know? And so when you look directly at the sun, you realize that the sun is blinding. If we wanna look directly at the sun, we have to have a filter. If we wanna see what the sun looks like, we have to look at an image of the sun rather than looking directly at it. It's the same with the glory of God. The glory of God is not something that we can just look at. We need a filter or an image. And the incarnation, Jesus, God putting on flesh provides exactly this. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the filter that we need to see what God is like, to see his love, his humanity, his humility, his wisdom, and his compassion. All of the attributes of God are on display in Jesus. And because of Jesus, we can draw near, we can understand him, and we can relate to him. In this passage, John doesn't stop with just describing who Jesus is. He explains what Jesus came to do. We see Jesus' identity and his purpose. I love what Pastor Madison shared during communion. We didn't talk about the message and just to see how that lines up with this. In verse number 10, John writes, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus came to offer a new status to those who believe in him. He gives, us a, a right, he gives us a right to a new identity. The new identity is that we move from being a child of wrath to becoming a child of God. 
those who receive the word get to become God's children. And this is the most intimate and most affectionate relationship made possible through Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. According to John chapter one, this is what the gospel is all about. Is God himself, Jesus, is able to reveal God to humans. But beyond just the revealing the knowledge, he's able to restore relationship to God with those who believe in his name. Jesus did so many things while he was on this earth. He healed people. He taught people about the kingdom. He gave us an example of how to live a godly life. This was all part of his ultimate purpose, which is reconciling humanity to God. And John gives us two options as to what we can do with Jesus. In verse number 11, we can stay in darkness and not receive him. I would say that's the fool's choice. I hope that nobody in here today or those watching online would make that choice. The second choice is we can receive him and believe in his name. And in verse 16, John writes that for those who receive him and believe in his name, it says, and from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Have you received him? Do you recognize your need for grace and truth? As verse number 14 says, Jesus has come to meet our deepest needs and God has gone to infinite lengths to get close to us. We can respond by going to great lengths to get close to him. The incarnation means that God wants to be near to us. He's not some far off concept or a distant God, but a divine person. In this Christmas season, as he's drawn near to us, we can draw near to him. We can spend time in his presence. His presence is powerful and it's an incredible presence. As we grow in our relationship with God, uh, that, that statement becomes even truer. When I was a little kid at Christmas time, we would go to my grandparents' house and all the Bartholo family would be there, my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and my cousins. And each Christmas Eve, we're, we're all there gathered and it was absolute torture to look at the Christmas tree and see all of the presents under the Christmas tree and to know that some of those presents were for me. But we wouldn't be allowed to open those presents until we had all eaten dinner together. And you know what happens after dinner, everything has to be picked up, right? You can't go straight from eating dinner to opening presents and, and doing that. And so as a kid, I'll just tell you that the thing that I looked forward to the most about Christmas was not presents with my family. Instead, it was the presents from my family. As I've matured, there's been a shift that's taken place. Right, as I approach Christmas, even this year, it's not about the presents from my family that get me the most excited. It's about the presence with my family. And oh, what I would do for just a few moments more to spend time in the presence of some of those family members that have gone on ahead and finished their race of faith. And I think about my introduction to Jesus and if I'm being honest this morning, the primary motivation for me to become a follower of Jesus was because a pastor was preaching about hell. 
And he said, you don't want to go there. And you don't have to go there. There's a man named Jesus who gave his life, who shed his blood on a cross so that we could have forgiveness of sin and right relationship with God and spend an eternity in heaven. And so for me, that introduction, the motivation was more about the present of eternal life from God than a desire to spend time or an eternity in his presence. But I think as we mature and as we grow as followers of Jesus, hopefully the present of eternal life, hopefully the escape from an eternity in hell becomes less and less of a motivation and the desire in our heart is just to spend time in his presence. As we approach this Christmas season, what a time for us to reflect and to take a step back and evaluate. Where are we at? Where's our relationship with God? Is it cold? Is it distant? Is it warm and blazing hot? And what a challenge for us in this season to say, God, I'm grateful for the present. I'm grateful for the gift that Jesus has given to us. But in this season, now more than ever, beyond that present, I just need your presence. I'm gonna ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you who've come in today and you don't have a relationship with God. You've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior. You've never asked him to forgive you of your sins. And you say, today, I wanna enter into a relationship with him. I want to receive that free gift of eternal life. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him. You say, today, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment, if that's you, Heads bowed, eyes closed, all across this room, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time, or you say, I need to see my relationship restored with him. When I count to three, if that's you, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three, lift them up all across this room. Thank you, I see that hand, you can put it down. Are there others this morning? Thank you, God. Let's all stand. There was at least one hand that went up this morning of someone who needs to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who needs to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear heavenly father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior, be my king. Take over every area, take over every aspect and help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. Thank you, God.
you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask that you do a couple of different things. One is, in just a moment, the prayer team's going to make their way to both sides of the stage, and the worship team's going to lead us in another song. If you've come here today needing prayer for anything, I'd encourage you at that time to step out of your seat and come forward for prayer. And if you raise your hand, I'd encourage you to come forward and let somebody pray over you this morning, pray a prayer of blessing. In addition, make sure to tell somebody in this room today that can encourage you in the decision that you've made and the journey that God wants to take you on. I'm gonna pray over us. Worship team's gonna lead us in another song. Prayer team will make their way up to the front. And today, again, if you need prayer for anything, step out of your seat at that time and come forward and receive prayer. God, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for the gift that you've given to us of eternal life for those that will believe in you. God, we thank you that you've not created a bunch of hoops for us to jump through, but instead we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that your Lord and your word says that we'll be saved. So God, I pray that in this Christmas season, as we learn more and more about you, God, that we would understand you in this season in a different way and in a deep and fulfilling way. God, for those who are already caught up in the busyness of this season and and distracted, God, I pray that today would be just a moment where each of us in this room can refocus our hearts, refocus our attention to the days and the weeks ahead to just spend time in your presence. God, for those this morning that have come in that their relationship with you feels cold and distant, I ask that this morning that there would be a fresh wind of your spirit that would begin to blow on the ember that's in their heart and that that would turn into a flame that would burn white heart, white hot for you. God, this season, may your presence be the greatest thing that we value. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.